Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of Keen Minds. We're covering NBC's The Blacklist, episode five, or season five, episode 16, The Capricorn Killer. I'm Jen, aka Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And The Capricorn Killer is also number 19, which is interesting. Yeah, that's pretty highly ranked for uh, for what we got. It seems yeah, like. you know that my theory got they got nothing to do. It's a story being told, so they just fit into into uh, um, they just tell a story, so they fit whatever they fit. That's why you got people who are so dangerous and they're still you know pretty high up. And uh, the Capricorn Killer wasn't even going after anybody. In fact, he got pretty messed up, and that was so nice. <laughs> yeah, I. I really, like, this episode reminded me of a cross between first season Hannibal and uh, some of the, the episodes. I used to watch Criminal Minds. I, I tapered off maybe five or six seasons in. Um, but, but a lot, like, like, what would happen if you mixed those two shows? That was this episode and Drexel. of Blacklist. And Drexel. Don't forget Drexel. Um, Dexter, I'm sorry. Dexter, okay. Yeah. I'm like, Drexel was Blacklist episode. <laughs> okay, Dexter makes yeah. sense. Yes, Dexter, the roomie yeah. actually said that. She she said, isn't this kind of what Dexter does? Because she never watched it. And I watched maybe the first season, season and a half of Dexter. And yeah, so this is what would happen if you had some sort of crazy mix-up of Hannibal, Dexter, and Criminal Minds. Did you like it? It was okay. Considering I felt like it was a mix-up and two of the three shows uh, that I felt like it was a mix-up of, I very much enjoyed for years, you know. The episode itself was kind of cool. And I always like it when they go back to Liz's past uh, with her profiling and and pull something out of one of those cases. That's always a lot of fun to me. I, I like when they, they bring that back around. And I liked Graves. I was sorry to see him go. The, the cop that she'd worked with on the Capricorn case years oh, before. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a phenomenal episode. It was, it was tight. It was, it was well-crafted. I kind of had a feeling that that therapist, there was something seriously wrong with her. I, I mean, we, we get, all said that, right? When we get to her, I've got a few things to say about yeah. her. <laughs> but I, in general, found the episode very satisfying because, uh, and, and this goes to why we made Keen Minds. We made Keen Minds because we found ourselves saying, you know, everybody's seeing, there, there's people, not, not everybody, the vast majority of the casual viewers see lists just as we do. But there is a, a, a percentage of the fandom that sees that used to see her as this like pink and perfect and doing the right thing and she's just being let down the dark path by some bad people and this felt if like only if only tom keen weren't there she would be pink and perfect yeah <laughs> it, it's it's just tom that makes her like that so it's satisfying when you go and you see you know five and a half over five and a half seasons later we're right. They took, we read it right. They took Tom away and she got a whole lot worse, which is not, that's just a reflection of season two. When they were split up, she was at some of her darkest moments, until now, uh, but at the time, at some of her darkest moments when she had him in the boat, when they were yeah. emotionally separated. And she was miserable, she was angry, she was vicious, and 
And we said at the time, this this is, well, I mean, we didn't hear because we hadn't started the podcast yet, but many of us at the time, the, you know, that's, that is what you get when you take Tom out of the picture with Liz, is mm-hmm. raw Liz. Tom is a stabilizing, is a stabilizing yes. uh, feature in, in, in Liz's life. And however, he both had darkness as well. It, they're, they together were better than they were when they were separated. Exactly. And that was, and that was a, a very interesting feature from, to watch. And so this episode felt like, you know what? It's, a, it's very nice when you're being saying something that hasn't been in the super fandom. It hasn't been the most popular opinion. And one that I thought, like, this is Liz is the dark character. She's even darker than Red. And uh, and we saw that when Red said, you're playing in house. It's like, yeah, except that Liz's version of it includes chains and torture for for uh, blankets and information for blankets and medical attention. So I, it, it was, I found it to be a satisfying episode. I just found myself wondering if I somehow missed episode 15b (laughs) if there was one that i didn't watch because it felt like you spent four episodes with nothing but parallels no canon no anything happening lots lots of parallels but you know nothing solid yeah nothing solid this is like a whole diet of of soup I mean, soup is nice and so is drinks, but you, at some point you need a little nourishment, you know, like of the solid kind. And we're not, we weren't getting it. And then suddenly, here we go, we start the episode and Red is in some hotel. There's some guy that he was, that he had convinced to testify to the feds about the Nash syndicate and he got messed up. So it turned out that he actually had known Garvey before, even if he didn't know that he was a killer or that he was Garvey. It, this is, like, what the heck is going on? Why can't it, you take a couple of those episodes and compact whatever it was in there and then make this into a two-parter? It felt like, I mean, it didn't feel like a reveal of anything. I mean, because there's a way to write it in which you can work backstory into it and organically show that to your audience you know work it in weave it in and and this was a a comment i've I've made this season that they seem to be having trouble kind of weaving things in well and this is just another example of it that they've got things that are i mean this was cool and everything you know finding all this story with red and that he's had that connection before but the way that they added that in there, exactly like you said, made it feel like we missed something. It didn't feel like a reveal. It didn't feel like we were getting backstory. It was like, wait, what? What? This is out of nowhere. What? You know, and it's it could have been done better. Yeah. I, I found myself like, you know, it's like with Harry Potter. Is there, you know, uh, 15, track 15 and track 16? Is there a 15 and a half that I didn't Three know quarters. about? Three quarters. Yeah. Yeah, three quarters. Nine, nine and three quarters. Are we missing something here? Because just just felt like that was a satisfying episode in terms of we saw Liz for the first time accept her darkened nature, accept who she is, and even start assembling her little team. Um, we saw that scene in, in the cabin and in the woods. It, it was great. It was, it was wonderful. It's the first time that Liz has actually referred to 
to read as my father is doing this, my father is doing the other. There is a lot of emotional growth in, in Liz, yet I feel like this really needed to be a two-parter. Or at least just the writing needed to be tweaked. Well, it's it's very hard to find a place where you could have taken anything out. It was very tight. You you couldn't have taken anything out of there. Not not a scene could have been made a little shorter without losing it. Um, so I thought that really this needed. I mean, at least this part needed to go into the previous episode. The part with red should have been part of the previous episode and and get a little out of the weeds of of all the previous five episodes when we haven't seen any. Yeah, maybe. Um, that that might have done it. Yeah, it's just it's just too tight. There's some that feel like that. Remember, Salbin Hassan felt the same way. Like there was so much crammed in there that you needed a little two-parter. Yeah. So, uh, well, do what you about the blacklister? Because it was supposed to be the Capricorn killer, but it wasn't really the Capricorn killer. Oh, that was definitely a misdirect there. Um, because I mean, that just was the first guy that got it. You know. Oh, that was kind of horrific. It, like I said, it very much reminded me, for anybody that watched Hannibal when it was on TV, it reminded me of season one of Hannibal because they, they had those, uh, they decorated with antlers. It was always this big show, and it, it's been a long time since I've watched the, the first season, but that, that's something I specifically remember was was with the antlers, and you had uh, the lead character that, that would envision it with this when he's walking through his profiling of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I never watched the show. Oh, you would love it. It's It's... Nice and twisted. Um, uh, but I'll take that as a compliment. No, no, it is. It is. It's, it's a good, that's why I said <laughs> nice and twisted. Um, I, I very much enjoyed it. I don't, I don't remember why I stopped watching. Um, it's, it can be a bit much Repetitive. for some audiences. Uh, I mean, yeah. like, there's a guy that gets literally split in half and somehow survives at one point. I mean, like, it, it gets gruesome at points. Mm. Um but, I mean, it's Hannibal. What do you expect? You know, I mean, you don't go yeah. into Hannibal expecting, you know, happy tones. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but it very much reminded me that of the setup with the, with the, with the um, skull and just the positioning mm-hmm. and, and how they were going about the profiling. And once again, with Criminal Minds, which is a profiling show. You know, huh? and that wasn't even the most gruesome part. I mean, what great what this um, Hollis was doing to the Sanker guy, the tri-state killer. Oh boy, that was sawing eight o'clock. O- the the, the sawing off the limbs is what got me. I I don't do amputation. Like I that's I have a few things that's just like absolutely not eyeballs. No teeth. No amputations, especially when someone's awake. Absolutely not. I don't need to hear that bone saw. Stop it. Um, so it was that one got me. <laughs> it's Chase, uh, yeah, just like like Mr. Kaplan. Except Mr. Kaplan did bodies, but hey. Yeah, but they were also dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I this, this was uh but you know it's funny because it's like you can I mean, it, it, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I said, you know what? Some of those guys, I think they really need to understand what they've done. And I don't think that a um, killing them in a in a um, death chamber, you know, in a prison, is like ad- adequately adds to what they've done. This feels, you know, more biblical, an eye for an eye. 
I, I think that our system is supposed to be a little more above the fray there, but, you know, hey. <laughs> that works when it's just somebody who kills somebody else in anger, but, uh, like, the guy who was killing children, oh, man, yeah. I mean, the, the, are you killing me the, the pillow? That was too sweet. Yeah. That was way too sweet for that guy. Well, I think it's because that's he, he did that to the child, so it was basically just like you said, an eye for an eye. You know, this is how this is how you killed your people. This is how we're going to take you out as well. It was very – I've always been fascinated with the, the vigilante, you know, uh, the, going after the serial killers. It's always been a very interesting thread for me. Um, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't – not so much that I was able to keep up with Dexter, but um, – but in general, like like with crime shows, I, I've always been fascinated with yeah. having an episode or two on that. It's I, I don't like the, the 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 serial killers, but I love when they take out the serial killers. Mm-hmm. It it just feels because a lot of the serial killers have a, an element of catch me if you can, and it's lovely when they finally do. Yeah. So it was it was it was, I find really nice. Now I wanted to say something because if you're not familiar with symbols. You might not notice this, but in the in when they find that another one of those secret little sheds be in the back of the garage that the spouse doesn't know anything about, um, and they find all these shrines to the crimes, it did have it wasn't just um, Capricorn. He may have used the skeletons of goats or the, the um, uh, skulls of goats. But that was actually the entire, they had a bunch of um, Zodiac symbols in it. So was that supposed to be the Zodiac killer, basically? I have a feeling. I don't think it was supposed to be the Zodiac killer, because the Zodiac killer was named for something else. But what was interesting to me is that there is a part of Reddington file, and they make a point of showing it in 1.1, in which... Is the it's files on the murder of uh, Sherry uh, Joe Bates, and she was linked to the to the Zodiac killer. He, she also have linked to some naval things because of the suspect or her father can't remember which worked in the navy. So there was some elements there, and there, it was in Reddington file, Mark Reddington with big red, red letters. And now we're getting this Capricorn killer who's also having some zodiac signs. I thought it was very interesting. I don't think that it's meant to to mean that that's a zodiac killer, but it's definitely meant as a simple reminder to go back to season one, to go back to that red file, to to think about it in any case. Yeah, that's that's not something that my brain connected to, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's go into the task force. Um, unless you had anything else to say about no um no i i just I just love the fact that this this uh, uh killers were getting in you know what they deserve, and I love the character of Hollis. I would have liked to see more of him yeah uh well i mean it's it's like Liz said, you know the these unsolved cases where nobody's getting justice that they just eat her up. Mm-hmm. and I mean w- we've seen that before with with i mean even the um the harbor master. I mean, she she knew what happened. She knew exactly. She even knew that that was. Tom felt like it was the only way, but it ate her up inside. I, I kind of wish they would go back to that every once in a while, um, and just like 
you know, show her still sending money off to this girl or something. I feel like they kind of dropped it. Um, I mean, which well, obviously she set up the, uh, the, the trust fund. Once yeah, I guess that's up, true. I guess that's it's true. Done. Um, but yeah, but it it's was, interesting because we've seen a lot more cases from Liz. Remember when we were in season one, everybody got this idea that she was this just like fresh out of the bow. Nobody knew anything. Well, it's because it's because she was fresh out of Quantico, but apparently she had affiliations with the FBI. Not having she was gone not through a field Qu- agent like a, like Aram, not yeah. a field agent. But an agent. See, I still don't. Maybe I just don't know enough about how they go through the FBI training. I need to talk to people about this because I she must have been liaisoning from somewhere else to have not gone through Quantico yet, and then decided to. No, you can you can enter the FBI without going to Quantico if you enter as as a professional. Um, okay. For example, Ram was basically a IT guy, a hacker. And he he actually didn't come from Quantico. He came from the NSA. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'd forgotten he about was, that. Yeah, he was. Uh, he went to MIT. Uh, yes, he was recruited by the NSA and then recruited from the NSA directly by Cooper. That is in the dossier in case anybody wants to look it up. Um, but uh, Liz was a profiler working for the FBI. She said, I've been in the bureau for five years or for four years or something of the sort. So she's been, she was not a field agent, but she was a profiler attached to the FBI. Like um, this woman, uh, she wasn't supposed to be, Fulton wasn't supposed to be a field agent. She was just a psychologist associated mm-hmm. with the FBI. That's true. Um, and now, and uh, Ressler is a field agent, and Cooper obviously had training to be a field agent. So that's, they're two different things. That's true. Um, but no, she wasn't just fresh into all of this. She no. already had quite a few cases under her belt and was an expert in her field by the time yeah. she graduated from Quantico. In, in fact, if you, if you want to um, recount, we had uh, the, the Good Samaritan killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the other case? Um, the Good Samaritan in the... Um, Oh, there is another one of her cases. Oh, my God. I'm blanking out. What's wrong with me? Um, Hold on. You might have to take that. The Good Samaritan. It's going to drive me nuts, too. Because it's... uh, Let me... Because I'll know it from the The Deer Hunter. Thank you. Yeah. The Deer Hunter. Okay. So, we have the Deer Hunter. We have the um, Good Samaritan... Then we know in the debt collector that she was the one who put that guy in jail. It was her profile. Mm-hmm. She also got Lorca with her profile. She signals Lorca there. So she was the one who got to him. Yeah. As, and then this now, she worked on the, sand, uh, on the Sandman um, killer. That was her first she, one, yeah. And she was involved in the Capricorn killer. So we know that she has worked a lot of these things, and she was far from being this. My point about this is to drive to drive to people that you cannot, in the blacklist, take things at face value when you first see them. You, They put Liz in a wig with the long hair. They put the doll makeup on her, and they put all those very uh, old-fashioned clothes on her for a reason. And the reason was to obscure 
who Liz really was. It, it was important that people thought she was a a ingenue, a naive woman coming on to when she was mean. That was very important for the show. And I always say there's a reason why they chose Megan and the way Megan looked and the way Megan acted. And they made her into the list of season one. And a lot of people got hoodwinked by it. They still swear that Liz was this naive person. And if Tom were out of her life, she would be like this perfect little by the book woman and good agent and all that. And so it's funny to me and it's satisfying when you see that, yes, this is going just the way we read it. Well, it's funny because I God, just lost it. I had it and then I lost it. Um Oh, that that we, we talked about. I don't remember how long ago, but we did talk about it at one point on the on the podcast. That you know, both Tom and Liz, in their own ways, were wearing masks. It was almost like they were trying to convince each other and themselves that they fell into this role. Tom was the sweet little innocent, you know, teacher, which, to be fair, was a role that he crafted to not attract Liz <laughs> and so and she obvi- yeah it didn't work <laughs> sorry buddy um <laughs> that's where it got you um and then Liz I mean I you know if, if she thought at the beginning you know at least consciously thought that you know he's a sweet little innocent teacher she tried to shove all of her darkness under the rug and and keep it down so not to scare him off because she really mm-hmm. liked this guy yeah and, uh, I mean you know occasionally through a cup of coffee in him, but hey. Yeah, throw, throw a mug at his head. Yeah. I love, mm-hmm. I love that. I wish we'd gotten a flashback to that. Would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> oh, but, Liz. you know, hey, some people do that. Yeah, you know, that's some people, that's just their personality types. And, uh... So so that's all I got about about uh, the, the, the blacklister, and I like when they bring those old cases from Liz, because we're getting a lot of of every one of those, we're getting a little bit. So that's all I got on the on the on the blacklister, and and I like and I like when we get those old cases from Liz because we do get a lot of information on Liz that we haven't been private to before. We have been referred to or not directly shown. So this is very nice. Now we have newly minted field agent Aram. Yeah, I really, okay, as much as I've been complaining about how they're not weaving stuff in correctly, they did a great job with Aram, because we have over a year that he's been, we saw that at the end of of 5A, that he said, I want to train to be in the field, and then he goes into it, and he's been doing this while Liz was in a coma, and, you know, while she was in recovery, et cetera, et cetera, so he is now a field-qualified agent, and I think that they worked that in very nicely. His reactions were very different from that time where he panicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, forgot he couldn't drive. <laughs> yeah, panicked computer. Remembering that I can't drive. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was very good. And I gotta say that scene between Garvey and and Aram was absolutely fantastic. It was. It, it, the, the entire path that they took him on that, because we knew that, that Aram and Tom had, Aram and Tom, um, had, you know, as close as Tom was with any of them. I, I was always a Tesla fan, but I think Aram and Tom actually ended up with a closer friendship with Tom and any of the task force than, than you know, any, any of the rest of them. Because they had 
just the the top level IQs. I mean, I, I've talked about before that with Aram, he's always having to explain things to everybody, not because they're stupid, but just because Aram's that much higher on the intelligence bracket than everybody else. You know, and he's is, also very technical. And yeah. I re- remember his not, face when he found out that, that Tom was doing the car thing. Well, and that's that's my point, is that, you know, he he did not have to go into these typical explanations that he's so used to doing with Tom. And I think that that kind of sparked a, a you know an admiration for him, a friendship of sorts. I mean, they they seemed to get when when they had scenes together, they got along very well. Uh, you know, unless mm. Aram found out that Tom knew that Liz wasn't actually dead. But you know, besides that, they got along very well. And um, well, and so well, he asserted his his like, did you know or not? In the most inappropriate moment, because he knows very well that that's a moment he's going to get an answer. Yep. And and so I, I enjoyed the fact that they let Aram have a reaction to that. And they showed that, you know, when he finds out that, you know, they have a name for this guy and just the fact that this is the guy that killed Liz's husband. And then meeting him was just great. It was absolutely wonderful. I mean, we've gone from Aram, like, pointing a gun at the director to in a in a in a very brave but shaky scene to this confident around i'm sure he was a little scared but he was not letting garvey get the best out of him no it was great and i just i mean garvey's such a thug i it's no no secret that i hate garvey with every fiber character Oh no, he, he's a fantastic villain. The, the actor is doing an A plus job, but I just want to stab him in the face. This <laughs> is the theme, guys. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> I just really hate the character, and so we finally found a character in the blacklist Jen hates, <laughs> Garvey. <laughs> she loves to hate him. Oh no, I don't love to hate him. I hate to hate him. I want him dead. Uh, if he gets out of season five alive, I'm going to be pissed. Um, but and there, there are a lot of villains that I, I love to hate. Uh, Matthias Solomon. I never want Matthias Solomon to die because I always want that option of him coming back because he's just so deliciously. Beautiful. Yeah, he is very pretty. Um, deliciously yeah. villainous, you know, and just like I love that. No. Yeah, Garvey doesn't Garvey. have humor and that makes it easier to hate. He also killed Tom Keen. Well, that for you, that that definitely would would count as reason number one. But you also have to admit that yeah. it's it, it's that lack of humor that I mean, like like Garrick was 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 really nasty. Yeah, I mean, he killed Luli when he knew very well that Luli couldn't even get him. Yeah. to get inside that box, he was going to kill Dembe, and he you know that he knew Dembe because they they were. You know, they were pals. Mm-hmm. He was with with Red. But he had that humor, like, come on, play with me. Yeah. Oh, I loved torture, the whatever is left of you. <laughs> I loved Ansel Garrick. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. Garvey just doesn't have that. He doesn't have that draw in. And it's because he, all, he's all he's got is power. He's a thug with a lot of power. And... I just, I can't stand, and so <laughs> when he sat there, so he was going to take him out and breed, beat his little brown ass. <laughs> and I loved Aram. It's, uh, first of all, it's more of a golden brown. brown. It's Topaz. Topaz, really. And I'm just like, Amir, you beautiful soul, can I hug you through my television? 
I'm just because he's Amir is so much taller than the actor that plays Garvey. Yeah. I mean, just like heads tall. <laughs> but this guy is so intimidating. He's a big man. He's he's very severe looking, and he's like I said, a thug. He's and a thug. so, so I mean, and he's you just can going. Tell in, that he's he's used to having power. Yeah. And so to have this scrawny little tech guy, you know, stand up to him, had to have just gone all over him and go wrong. Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard somebody in Reddit says that when, when that scene happened, they had to do a victory lap around the house because they were so excited about it. I, yeah, um, the roomie and I loved it. We, we were both squealing and we were like, you touch a ROM, we will kill you. <laughs> you know? well, it, it, was, it was awesome. Um, it, was, it was, I mean... Really, Johnny Coyne is doing such a phenomenal job of playing the villain because it, it yet you know when I'm meeting with Red that there is a lot more to to uh, to um, to him that that it seems. He's, it, this is not the end. He's just not a thug. It's not because he's in in drugs. That's not why he wants that back. There is more to it, and I have this. An easy feeling that we might discover this. This is all tied to Katerina, and this might be one of Katerina's targets that Red never knew anything about. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, Garvey seems to be very proud of himself for whatever secret, like, whatever reason he's got behind all of this. Yeah. And I'm sure he has his charms, because that woman, that was him with him in the bed when he got that call was gorgeous. Yeah, or he's just got a lot of power and a lot of money. A lot of power and a lot of money. I can buy a lot. Yeah, but there's something about about the way he acts. It's it's, it's deeply personal to him. I don't oh, know no, if it's no, about Katrina, a brother. Or, I, I was just talking about the, the woman that you were talking about. Oh, yeah. That, that can be done with power and money. Could be. Could be. So. Um, so the one thing that I, I did find kind of odd in there, and I mean, obviously it's going to come back around because they wouldn't have used it if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I'm just sitting there going, these people that sent these guys out are freaking idiots. Because who uses someone with, he- uh, how do you pronounce it, heterochromia, I believe it's called? Yeah. Uh, with the dual, dual color eyes. Two different colors, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not exactly a common trait. Put on glasses, pal. I know. It's like, who does that? Put on something where you can't see the eye colors. I mean, it's like, these, like, I understand they were doing it because it's going to come back around and be useful. Like, I get that. But I'm sitting there going, these... <laughs> These thugs were really freaking dumb. <laughs> and I'm going to go and say something that I I think I saw in Reddit. I am not sure. I think it was Reddit. It, it might have been something else. Um, it, that this witness wasn't a real witness, that Red provided a covert agent. Uh, Blacklister 214 said it. Thank you. Um, that he provided a fake witness in order to... Um, to have this on Garvey, and have so he didn't have anything to get Garvey to a deal, and so he provided one. So taking out Liz didn't make any difference because she had a uh, because it was somebody else. So it was very very interesting, and I have a feeling that that's what it was. I could see it. Um, that that would definitely make sense. It would be very much in Red's, you know bag of tricks that he uses. Mm-hmm. Something I did find interesting when Red and Garvey were talking there, he said, um, as long as I'm alive, he will not testify against you. 
And that was just very interesting phrasing there for me. And it's I'm sitting there going, <laughs> it, you know, it, if it was a fate, if it was a plant, then it doesn't make as, as much difference there. But if it was a legitimate person that was going to, you know, go, mm-hmm. going to testify against him, if he actually does have something against him, then, you know, it's it's maybe leading into something. Like what? Well, I mean, he said he won't testify against him, and let, you know, as long as Red's alive, he won't testify against him. I, I am of the opinion that we're working towards that Red's going to be gone by the end of the show. I mean, it won't happen until last episode, but I, I don't think he's going to survive it. it. That's the part that I can't make a final determination on, on what I think is the blacklist is going to end, because I don't know if it's going to go the way of the spy or the way of the caper. It's uh, that's my tough uh, part of gen of uh, gender that I gender that I can't really determine. So I can't. I don't know. But yeah, I admit that that's probably going to go into. Aram is going to find out that he was that he was red, and I think that's what comes well, that, up. That was the other thing I was going to say about that. That was part of the uh, because he's already figured out. I mean, when he and Cooper were talking about it, Aram's already aware that red was at least partially involved in Tom's death, that he has a connection mm-hmm. there, just because of what Cooper was saying. And w- mm-hmm. between that hero worship that he's got going on for Red, it was very interesting, and I think it will come around again, that when more comes out, suddenly Aram is not going to have quite as much hero worship for <laughs> because he, he adores Liz. He and Liz are close, you know? I mean, and so, and then he was Decent good friends with Tom, you know, like I said, as, as close as Tom was with any of the, the task force. And so I really do think that, that that's going to come around and bite right in the butt when from the task force side. Yeah, it's, it's definitely coming. And I, I don't know what what is going to be the the fallout from that. But definitely, I think that Liz figured out that it was Red who took the witness. And I think that comes from the two eye man in there. The what? The two eye, the two uh, oh, eye oh, color. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Were heterochromia, whatever. Uh, heterochromia, yeah. yeah. Heterochromia, okay. Um, so do we will move into Red? Because there wasn't a whole lot on Red. I mean, Red got a couple of moments. I was a little disappointed because I'm, I'm definitely not a, uh, a Keenler shipper, but I've always been a big fan of that friendship and and the partnership there, and so like there, there was. What were you disappointed? Eh, I just I would like to see them closer again. They they were pretty close season season one and two. Um, so I I feel like they. I mean, but to be fair, Liz has moved away from the entire task force. I mean, it's not just Ress. But, I mean, it was nice to see them together again, you know, working together in the field. Yeah, I, 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 find, I find that to be intriguing that people feel that, that, Re, that Liz and Wrestler. I know that I am in the, in the vast minority, in the super fandom thinking that. I, I think that they were close when it was just the two of them. But once Amar entered in the, in the, uh, in the equation, uh, I think... I, I think that that was not as, as clear caught. Um, they're certainly dependent on one another, and I think Wrestler found in Liz somebody who gave him 
something that I'm not sure that he has ever had compassion in. And like, you know, you're, I know you're not perfect and I still will support you and I will believe you. Something that he was spying on her and telling on her and she paid him back by saying, okay, you, you kick your own little habit in your time and I'll support you and I'll be, I'll be there for you. And I thought that that was something that was very profound for wrestler, but I don't know that that was, that that was reciprocated equally on the other side. I never saw that. And I know that I am in the minority here, but I just, you know, I call it as I see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like it was, we saw it. I think we've seen it off and on all through. Um, just, just the fact that I, I've just seen it in, in places. Um, yeah, she's just there. There, I, I in a way, it's funny because I think that Samara and him make a tremendous um, team. You know, like work-wise, I think that they work very well together. They yeah. keep each other in check. You know, very nicely. I actually, I actually like all of them working whatever way, but I, I find that that you know, in the way that they think and in the way that they relate to things uh, I always felt that she was closer to Samar and Ressa was closer to Samar maybe I mean I, I I've always been a fan of the friendships so it's Minor. Wait, I'm a course, minority of, of course like I said Liz has very purposefully moved away from everybody she was mm-hmm. very close to to Cooper I mean at one time Cooper was one of the few people she trusted and that she could rely yeah. on and now she's hiding things from him she's working around him she's you know and so I mean it's it's not just wrestler it's everybody she is she's using them where convenient she, she's pulling a red when it's convenient she uses them when not she's you know she just Let's him go. Uh, let's move into we were, red. We're, we're talking about red, yes. Well, we were talking about the time. Was there anything red. about about Samar in this episode? Not really, except she was in that gruesome thing. Yeah, she had to try to save the guy. Couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you've had two limbs amputated and a third on its way, then I mean, while you're awake. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The blood loss doesn't kill you. The uh, overrun of adrenaline will. You know that that's what he was doing to people. Oh, no, so, that's true, but to sit there and watch it is still... Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, the reason why people go for the, uh, for the uh, you know, generally cleaner form of uh, executions instead of an eye for an eye. Yep. Um, so, Red. Red was unusually honest on this episode and truthful. Because he can be honest and distrustful and, and not truthful at the same time. I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> well, he just said, I'm going to help you get Garvey, and I'm going to prevent you from finding that secret. Yeah, and he's not going to let Garvey get away as Garvey's walking out the door. It's... I, I, well, that was, that was a, 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 a... That's just a stay of execution. Yeah, I'm aware, but still, it's... So, it was interesting. Red made the comment later in the episode, said, my word is my bond, my currency. But earlier in the episode, we had the conversation between Liz, Red, and Cooper, where Liz said that she was only interested in the man that murdered Tom and finding the secret that would get him, that got him killed. And Red said that he was going to help with the former and prevent the latter. 
-hmm. Yes, super honest. But he has just been... He's been promising Liz things over and over again over the course of the show. I promised her that, that she'd get that dream of hers with the family, walking through the park, you know. Failed her on that. He promised that she wouldn't miss a day more with Agnes than was necessary. He's continuously making choices that cause that that to fail. And so I'm just sitting there and I'm going, if that's his bond, if that's his currency, he's not doing very well with it when it comes by his daughter. Well... It, it's a very complicated thing. It because is, but. <laughs> he said, you know, the, the, he, the things that he promised Liz, I don't take that as being his, you know, his word, his bond. Um, then what is? If that's not his word, if making a promise to someone you care about isn't giving them your word, when he says Because that her, is not up to him in a way. Neither is anything if you go by that, because, I mean, it wasn't up to him that this guy got killed because the the uh, the dude at the the hotel ratted him out and got the guy killed. And so but Red said, you know, my word is my bond. It's my currency. And so he it sounded like he had failed on that because someone else screwed him over. Yeah. Okay. so I I, I, I do get what you're saying. I'm not trying to say Red is not. Red was unusually honest in this episode in the sense that he was very open that he is going to get Garvey and he is not going to let Liz get at that secret. That that is, he's very honest there. I know that that. He told Liz that he was going to have that that dream, and he told Liz all these things. Yet I feel that that there is a difference between Red saying that. That's a father telling his daughter, you're going to have your dream, but there are so many variables in that. That's like you're, any father telling a child, you're going to get your dream, you can't really say that and take it at the same time, at the same level as a businessman telling you, hey, I, I, I told you that you were going to get this package on this day, and you will. I disagree with that with Red because he makes things happen. That is, isn't he, he manipulates situations to, to get things where they need to go. That is his entire business. And so... If this yes. had been anybody else, if Liz were anybody else, and she said, "I am hiring you to, you know, for for this," that's the promise he's making her. He's sitting there and he's going out of his way to make these promises because he loves her. He wants her to be happy as much as he hated Tom. He still wanted his daughter to be happy, and yet he's not. And, and I'm not saying that it's necessarily that. Well, Tom, I'm not saying it's 100% his fault. He was involved with Agnes right now. He, Agnes staying with Scotty longer and longer and longer and Liz falling deeper into this, that is Red. If Red were to just come out and be honest about it and stop putting... Because mm-hmm. he, is, he is purposefully acting against her with Garvey just to keep his secret. When it comes down to, is he going to choose Liz or choose himself? The secret. Yeah, he's always choosing the secret. And so that is my issue right now. It's um. This is a this is a very interesting conversation because I I feel that 
so much of this show and so much of what Red as as dawning throughout the show is that is that little is that complicated path that parents have when they to to start realizing their children are not kids. It, it's to and in a way, I feel that that Red has gone, you know, has done baby steps, you know, towards understanding that Liz is an adult now. But the, I I keep having this feeling that Red knew Tom as a child. I agree. And that, I think that's true. And in a way, the the way he always assume things when it comes to Tom and Liz was that they were both children still and they would do what he told them to do. You know, if there is an adult in the room and you, an adult usually tells you uh, that you trust or know, and they tell you to go do something, you're expected to go do something. And I think that Red kept that idea in his mind that, that they were kids and in his mind, once he gave that 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 uh, warning to Tom, Tom should have just dropped it, and he doesn't get it. He thinks he has a hard time understanding the difference between family and and um, associates. And maybe it's because they can't say dad or or uncle or friend or whatever. It's Rennington, and he always calls them associates. This is an associate, not my daughter. Um, so th- there's something there in, in red that, it, that misses. So I, I don't, I can't quite put it in the same thing as you're making promises to an associate that you're not keeping because to me it has that emotional component. I can't shake that feeling. Maybe it's a wrong one, but you and I have it too. And, and other people do that, that t- red knew Tom as a child. I do agree with that because I, I we've said it so many times that, with the connections that he had with Howard and Scotty, almost how could he not? You know, and I, I agree. Like family. I agree with your viewpoint on him viewing Liz and Thomas children, and why that makes sense. I'm still going to stand by the fact that he is keeping his daughter away from her daughter. He is choosing his own secrets above hers. I don't care if it's an associate or if it's family. Either one, it's an incorrect choice. Like, he's made this promise to her. He should never have said that if he wasn't going to live by it. Either family or associate. Doesn't matter. Either one, he's screwing up on that because he's continuously Mm -hmm. choosing himself. He's just very so bad the, at the at the uh, emotional people thing, <laughs> treating people unlike he, he tends to treat yeah. people like pawns in his game. It is it is a very uh, intriguing character in the sense that he can't tell Dembe why he's keeping why he can't be honest with Liz. That's not to say that being honest with Liz is the same as telling Liz who's in that bag or what is in the bag. Um, they, they may be two different things, connected somehow, but not the same. Um, but whatever red secret is, I think that it stems from shame because it doesn't. Apparently, it doesn't matter once he's dead. Tom is supposed to go find Liz and tell him who he is. Yeah, I definitely think it's shame, which honestly kind of ticks me off more with him. But 
Anyway, that was just, that was something that I had in there. And that takes us to Liz and Dr. Fulton. Yeah. And uh, one thing outside of Fulton, because most of her interactions this, this round were with Fulton and working up towards that. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> it's kind of you know, convenient. Um, the, the task force has worked on cases that are highly personal since season one. I mean, mm-hmm. but this is the one time that Liz is not allowed to be involved in this. <laughs> and so it was, it was interesting. And um, maybe that's their way that they're attempting to explain why the task force never went after her killer or what have you. But they were or her, uh, Tom's killer and, and the, you know, people that put her in the hospital. But, you know, the task force were the ones running the, the operations to go after Agnes when she was missing with Liz involved. I mean, like, there were so many things that were, that Liz was smack dab in the middle of that were highly personal because it's a, it's a very highly personal show for her. Like, everything that's happening is very personal for Liz. And so mm-hmm. I just, I thought that was interesting that they... Oh, but you're too close to it. You can't possibly be the lead agent on this, you know? <laughs> like, it makes it sense from a legal situation. About, it was just funny. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It, it, from a legal point of view, yeah. Because this time, they didn't want to catch Garvey. They needed to catch a cop killer. But, yeah, I, I'm wondering if, if uh, the task force not involved in this investigation will have something to tie up at the end, or if it's just it has to be in order to get the plot moving properly. Yeah, I still don't because know why it is they, weird. I still don't know why they had so much time for that reset. Like I, I don't I don't know why it was ten months that she was out. It's Yeah, it's a it's a little weird the ten months. I think that, that weather wise that might be what it is. Um, you know, that, that gave time to go back into winter mm-hmm. because you're filming in yeah, their, might have been. you know, leaves the tree yeah. and everybody's like cover up and all that. Um, and, and Dr. Fulton, God's woman. I mean, the woman gave me the creeps from the beginning. She's, she's an interesting character that way. Like they, there's always been something a little wrong with her see it working behind her eyes but mm-hmm. oh it's she kept talking about painting outside the lines and, and it was like an obsessive thing with her yeah yeah i mean i i was really hoping liz was playing her i was really hoping we're about to get super smart liz working around her manipulating her into what she needed her to do and that's where I was hoping this was going. I was a little bit disappointed in the fact that it was the other way around and Liz's reaction to it. That no, that can't be was so over the top cheesy <laughs> for for a woman that has spent five and a half seasons, you know, <laughs> four and a half seasons being manipulated by everybody that walks across her path. It's like, really? You're not used to this by now? Are you that shocked? You know, just because it was someone that came into your life? Like, you should be watching for this by now. <laughs> it's... I, well, I felt like she I, trusted I her a little... She trusted her a little too easily. I felt like she... And it may just be that she's she's in desperate need of someone to bounce things off of because Tom's dead. She can't trust Red. She can't trust the task force with this. And so she has no one that she can... And so she just latched on a Fulton. But it just... 
I guess it's expectations. It just frustrated me. I, I was fine because I, I was seeing him. I was seeing her go, for, for example, with red, and I'm like, that is so unprofessional. What is this woman playing at? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. That's I mean, because it was. Yeah. It was just, you're sitting there going, you were obviously bad at your job. So, <laughs> and I still want to know exactly what set her off with that. I mean, because she called him a glorified serial killer. And so, and considering she goes after serial killers, what does that mean? I, but it also makes me hesitant for Liz to trust this woman continuing on. I mean, I know there's the, you know, the, the give and take there of she let her go and now Fulton has reinstated Liz. But to basically start <laughs> start her in in building her own team like Red has, you know, I felt like that might have been a very poor choice for like I'm. I'm okay with Liz having these people. It's just, I'm not sure Fulton was the best choice to begin that. I'm not sure how far she can trust her. Um, they seem peas of a pod. Maybe. I don't... I mean, Fulton isn't out there killing, killing like innocent people. There, in a way, Fulton and Red are very, very similar. Like Red said, when they, they, the eighty-six bodies, not a single innocent soul in there. There was none in there that you would say, "Damn, they were so innocent. They didn't deserve that." Yeah, most of them deserve that and worse. So I'm, I'm. I was fine with that. I, I love that twist when uh, the detective and and you know that that Red is getting. What did you think about Red getting those files so quickly and easily? I, that's Red. I didn't really think one way or the other about it. It's just Red. He has so many connections. How about if Red is is with with Fulton? Could Red be involved with Fulton? Maybe like they both got the trick. And maybe that's why she put on a show with it, possibly. Um, in which case, it would just be another manipulation by Red, and now he's got someone on the inside. I could see that. Yeah, there, there is something in that relationship that is that I'm not convinced we've seen the end of it. She's certainly very interesting. Um, and, and obviously, Red has somebody on the inside, somebody that we've, something we've said over and over, and is a reason why... Cooper went for this blood sample and not any blood sample taken in there because obviously it, it just reinforcing a lot that Red is actually a running a covert mission for the FBI. Maybe. I, I'm still not sold on that one. I know. I know. There will be answers at the um, end, though. I hope. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe there will. It depends on John's mood. Um, <laughs> oh, what do you think about about the um, the acting, uh, Megan Boone's acting in this episode? I mean, in, in general, since 508, this, uh, what have you thought, in, particularly of this one? Um, overall, I think she's been excellent. Um, just absolutely A-plus game. Um, Like I said, that no, it can't be was a little 
cheesy, but I think that might have been more the writing. I mean, I'm not sure how you would deliver that and it not come out super cheesy. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I mean, that's that's not really on her. <laughs> it's, and the funny thing to me was how she was able to completely um, go under the radar with, with wrestler and Samar. There she is. Oh, there's a blanket over her shoulder. Yeah. And meanwhile, she just left this woman go with yeah. all the intentions of saying, yeah, well, next time now you owe me. Yeah. And after uh, her, the guy that she uh, graves that she'd worked with. So, you know. Previously, I don't know if they were partners of any kind or if they just had run across for this one case. We don't have those details, yeah. but she knew him and he's dead on the floor and she comes in and asks about him, thankfully. But, you know, she just let the person that was, you know, ultimately responsible for his death go. Yep. Well, maybe not like, ultimately, well, I guess partially he responsible. Took, he took that. Uh, yeah, he took he took that job. Obviously, he liked it. He was, I mean, there he was, cutting somebody's leg off. No, but Graves, the Graves, the, co- the cop. The oh, the cop, okay, yeah. yeah Graves. No, uh, the... But he, he was not dead. Yes, he was. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was just wounded. Nope, they, uh, when she walked in, I think she asked Wrestler, and Wrestler gave the, you know, the shrug of, there's nothing we could do, he's gone. Oh, I thought no. that, that was the that was uh, Harris. I don't believe so. Harris was killed. No, Graves was too. I don't think Graves got out alive. I just rewatched the episode. I mean, I specifically looked for it because I wasn't sure. Okay. See, I I I rewatched it when I got to the cabin. I mean, to be fair, I was paying more attention to Liz to Liz's uh, reactions to things. But I I thought that he was alive, and. Nope. Not, not as far as and, I saw. Uh, like I said, I just rewatched it. I just rewatched the Harry is the one that is killed. I think they both were. They were both okay, killed. Okay, I gotta rewatch that. I gotta rewatch that. Um, yeah, so if that is the case, then that is pretty... Um, cold? Because I was... That's been more than cold. I mean, yeah. that you're talking about a good cop doing a good job. Um, a guy who was not afraid to go after one of their own, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, by all means, one of hers. And obviously she's becoming now one of hers is, is his own people. It's, you know, she's becoming more and more like red. Yep. So, yeah, that it, that was pretty cold, um, <laughs> pretty harsh. I got to rewatch because I, I was... I was uh, really like focusing on on this and didn't realize that. I thought that that Harris had been killed. I saw him like being shot, but not not. Oh, that is that is uh, bad. But you know, that's this is. I, I put together a little set um, uh, on Tumblr of lists of moments in season one that we've seen that list in comparison with naive Liz and Liz now. And I tell you, I mean, you see it from the episode one. I mean, when she runs over the freelancer with a cab and she gets out of there feeling like, I'm so proud of myself. You know, that was there. It was right there. So I think that a lot of people, and I've, I've seen a lot of complaints with Megan Boone's acting, and I think people should really go back before they open their mouth and say things like that. They should go back with the knowledge they have now 
and see the episodes back in, in season one because you realize that she's actually playing a very, very different, difficult to play character. Oh yeah, I I think her acting I, has been done, done very well. Job. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the complaints, but I also haven't gone looking for them either. So. Um, but no, I, I had no problem with her acting. I think she's done very well this season. I think she gets better every yeah, season. She's become, it's, she's getting very scary. I mean, that, mm-hmm. but, but she's making a very, very scary list. Yeah. Scary for different reasons that Red is. It's just there's something that she plays with the eyes mm-hmm. that make you feel like, I don't know, this woman can do anything. Yeah. Well, uh, Tom got so that look that's too. That's what I got. It's, it's funny because it, it's oh. a very similar look that Tom used to get when, when he was, you know, about to, you know, carve a Pop someone. Yeah, carve a uh, spider tattoo off a neck or something like that, or you know, yep, go after a little Nico. Yeah, like you know what? If I'm gonna do that, let's have fun doing it. Yeah, it's it's something in the eyes. It's it's hard to describe what it is, but yeah, I know the look you're talking about. It's, yeah, make it done well. Uh, that's yeah. uh, that's so all that's I got. All, yeah, that's all I got. I'm 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 very excited about next episode. Uh, this is the second time that we're going to see Liz purposely go attacking Red, um, and I'm really excited um, to see that scene because it's in something in the a little preview that we saw, there is something in Red's eyes that tells me he's seen this before in Katarina. Well, I mean, he saw it in Liz when she stabbed the pin into his neck in the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. So, yep. It's funny. This is it, always comes ra- it always comes back around to Tom. The man's dead, yet he's still driving the show. Yep, I said that to people when they were so excited, the haters, they were so excited that uh, he was gone. I said, oh, yeah, he might be gone, but guess what? Yeah, I, I got an ask the other day about if I thought that Tom was coming back or not, and I said, no, I don't, because he signed a contract, Ryan has. And the thing is, in the statement I made in the, the response, I said, you know, obviously they didn't feel like, Red's secret was enough to to keep audiences in their seat. So they they killed Tom off, and he's dead. But he's effectively driving the entire storyline now. And I said, "Okay, <laughs> all right then." Yep. So with that, um, I guess we'll see you in three weeks. Yeah, uh, we've got a hiatus, and so we will see you then. Until then, you can catch us on Tumblr, Twitter and uh facebook and you can listen to us on soundcloud soundcloud youtube and itunes until then enjoy the the hiatus if that is entirely possible rewatch <laughs> all right bye-bye bye, bye.